Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. There's so many keys as we started the series with this idea. There's a question that I, that I want to ask you. If there were some keys that would make not only your life better and make you more victorious, but also would sanctify your life and make faith easier, would you want to know what those keys are? And so, see, the, the, the problem sometimes in, in Christian, Christianity in general is that we think we know the gospel maybe better than we actually do. And so we stop pressing. We stop digging in the, in the word for it. But I, I, I feel like the Lord just wants to reemphasize that in this crucial time, you've got to have these key ingredients to a better life and spread the love. Amen. You just need to spread this wherever you can take it. And so there are certain realities that all of us have to really come to in our lives. And if, if these realities are missing, it makes faith difficult. We don't want that. We want to make it, it great and easy and accessible. And so, how, come on, how many of you want an accessible faith that changes your life and the lives of people around you? Amen? When you pray, it's supposed to work. Uh, Lee pulled me out. Uh, she was on her way out the door uh, some time ago. But anyway, she had this skin disease happening on her hands. And it would just, her hands were raw and, and so forth. She'd been to the doctor and all of that sort of thing. But she couldn't wear rings or any kind of thing like that. Just very irritating and so forth. She said, I said, well, you don't have to keep that. I said, let's pray. We're right in the front door. There's a lot of miracles happening at the front door, by the way. Don't run out too quick. But I prayed for I just grabbed her hands and prayed. She showed me her hands. She had rings all over her fingers and everything else, you know. She just healed by the power of God. Amen. Ladies, evidently, God wants you to wear some rings with nice, nice skin to put them on. But it's, it's important for you to know that breakthroughs don't have to happen in some, what we consider in religious uh, sort of ways, in holy places. Everywhere where God is, is holy. Amen. Amen. He is holy. He dwells in you and makes you holy. Amen. And so it's important for us to really grab a hold of these truths and stop just batting them around and just ask ourselves a diagnostic question that I always ask. And I, and I encourage you to do it while you're reading your Bible. If that's true, what I just read, if that's true, then what? What changes? What decisions need to be made? What needs to be incorporated into my life as it relates to God? And there's lots of things. Man, I'm telling you, there's just lots of things to learn. And so we, we started last week telling, telling all of us, Genesis chapter number 3 God gives us a promise, Genesis chapter number 3. I'm going to send the answer to this dilemma of fallenness and this broken system that just happened. And so God promises from Genesis 3 he's going, to, he's going to fix it. And then he makes a covenant with Abraham that all points towards the coming of the Lord. We talked about that last week. And then we have this magnificent preservation of the nation given by Moses, the law of God. And it, it, it didn't have the power to make you righteous. Matter of fact, the law still doesn't have the power to change your nature. It just has guardrails around us that it also would develop a system of forgiveness whereby it would point to Jesus saying, one of these days, the real Lamb of God is coming. You're not going to have to come back. You're going to become the temple of God. Instead of coming to it to get forgiveness, the temple's moving into you. You are the temple of God. And that the Lamb of God would come and ratify this magnificent new covenant and the wonderful thing about Jesus, I mean, think about it. In order to have a testament or a will 
for your survivors to benefit from. You have to write the will before you die, and then when you die, boom, that will becomes law. That's the way it works. Everybody needs a will. Amen. Amen. Or you'll give it to the government. And so, so th- this, this is the idea that Jesus r- r- declared the will of God, died so that the will could come to pass, and then rose from the dead to be his own executor of his own estate. He's managing his own will through the authority of his... Come on, I that did better preaching than you did shouting right there. Come on, it's a good deal for all of us benefactors. And so the Son of God came to fix humanity and his message. What was his message? If he came to fix humanity, his message is important. What did he come saying? Repent or change the way you think. Heaven is accessible. Heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so it's important for us to know that his message, his preaching about the kingdom of God was what Jesus did. Why? Because when the fall took place, we got blinded. Humanity got dull to the voice of God. And carnality became the noise of our life and has become the noise for millennia after millennia and caused confusion in the planet. Every malady known to humanity, and it could be anger, it could be murder, it could be hurricanes, it could be anything, came out of the fall of humanity. Don't blame God for it. Blame Adam for it. Because when he fell, the planet fell with him. But the Lamb of God has come to redeem Now, let me just say this. The kingdom of God is not just heaven. The kingdom of God is earth, everything that's made. Everything he's the king of is where his jurisdiction rules. And so the kingdom of God is like everywhere where he is. Amen? Amen. Somebody said, the carnal, this earth, it's just, just, you know, part of the kingdom of this world. No, this this planet belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the kings and all that dwell therein. We all belong to him. We are all kingdom property. Some of the property is in rebellion. But it's important to you know, everything belongs to him. He's not just the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of everything. Every knee must bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's just important to know that. Now, is there a, is there a, is a, a kingdom of darkness? Yes. Where did it come from? It came out of the fall. It came out of sin. And so the author of all of that would be the devil. He slithered into the garden, Genesis chapter number 3, tempted humanity to submit to him, and suddenly all humanity came up underneath the darkness that Adam traded away. The keys belonged to Adam, came into the hands of the devil, and suddenly every chaos. Matter of fact, the first family didn't even get away without having a murder in the family. Cain was the first murderer on the planet. And so that's, that's what the kingdom of darkness looks like. Now it's important for you to know that when Jesus rose from the dead, he whipped the devil and took the keys. Now that's where answered prayer happens in the authority of his name. Because the devil's not losing, he lost. Here's the point though, he's not gone. And he still solicits solicits humanity to agreement with his deceptions instead of the truth that will set you free. There's where the rub is. That's where life can either get better or worse. Who are you in agreement with? Who have you lined your life up? And I can just tell you, church-going people can make decisions based on deception instead of truth. (laughs) Mm, Aren't you glad the Lord changed that message? Amen. (laughs) 
And so it's important. God wants you to be an overcomer. And that's your heaven. Listen, your heavenly father, your heavenly daddy wants you to succeed and be blessed. He really does. He's for you. If God be for you, Romans 8 says, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Who can bring any charge to God's elect? It is God who justifies. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting to take a rabbit trail. God, stay focused, pastor. Stay focused. Here's the bottom line. His victory was your victory. Amen. The question is, how do you get his victory to get to be yours? How do you experience the your victory part of this thing? That's the reason why we're teaching this today. And so there's a couple of principles that we've got to get. Again, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he comes. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and they would have it abundantly. And so it's important for all of us to know, whether we're at home or whether we're here, that God's for you. But you do have an enemy. And it's important that you know that. And so you wake up every day. Come on, I wake up early and get into the Word right away. Come on. I I try to beat the devil out of bed. Amen. And I get into the Word, and I pray, and I don't, I don't just pray in the morning. I kind of pray all day. How many of you just made a habit out of a running conversation with the Lord? See, that's the best way to pray is just never say, it's over. <laughs> just keep talking and keep listening. And so there, there, so there are two kingdoms, and they coexist. It's the kingdom of darkness, which is, it, it is really the, what would, the Bible would call it the spirit of this age. Age. What it's talking about when it says age, it's really talking about the jurisdiction of Adam. Adam was given authority on the earth, and until Adam's lease runs out, there's going to be the work of the enemy. He'll be, he's defeated today, he'll be defeated forever, but he's not distant yet. He'll be locked up for a thousand years, make a reappearance, and then he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Somebody give me a good amen. Burn, baby, burn. But it's important for you to understand that you still have an adversary. And listen, some people think I'm talking about paranormal TV. Uh, please understand. Somebody said, you, you're demon behind every doorknob kind of a guy? <laughs> There's two back there. <laughs> but I'm, listen, I'm not trying to be spooky. What I am saying is you've been tempted and you know it. You've been, assassination attempts have been arrayed against your life and you know it. Leading in the wrong direction that could have led to disaster and by God's grace you're here. And so with that, understand today that that even in, in those kind of circumstances, especially you ladies at DCI, you just need to understand the enemy gave it his best shot and his best wasn't good enough because you're still here. So Adam gave, gave, gave in to a, a spirit of darkness, and darkness came upon the whole planet. And it made humanity spiritually dull. Now, we're going to talk about that dullness here in just a little bit. It's important for us to, to get that. Let me have some water here. Somebody just throw one at me here, Daryl. Amen. Thank you, sir. Woo, good toss. Now, pardon me. The pause that refreshes. Mm. So Jesus did everything that he needed to do about the troublemaker. He's already done it. 
He, he has conquered the enemy and then taken those who were under his jurisdiction, redeemed them, put them in the kingdom of God where the kingdom of God expands. Listen, every, like I told you, everything is in the kingdom. He's not just the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of everything. And so it doesn't matter where it is. He's the smartest guy in the room. Amen. Amen. More capable, more capacity. But he loves to distribute his ability and kingdom authority to his kids or he never would have given it to Adam in the first place. And so he loves distributing this great power, except this time he's not just distributing, if you will, the anointing. He's, he's, he's distributing Holy Spirit as a mentor everywhere you go. So the Holy Spirit is the essential ingredient of the kingdom of God, if you will. Let me tell you why. So... So thank God for the Word of God, but man, there's all kinds of different opinions about the Word. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's opinion is always going to be right? Because it's all breathed by Him to inspire us and to teach us and to be that, that place that would help us to focus. I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing today not because I actually chose the profession. It kind of chose me. Because when I was lost, I mean, I, man, I was really lost and confused and bound and unhappy, and all of those things. I, I know you can't imagine that about me. Okay, there's a reason for that. I, I buried the old guy in baptism into death and was raised with God in newness of life, and I became a new guy. Say, where'd you get that? Out of your Bible. B-I-B-L-E. It came out of the Word. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he that's in Christ is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. And suddenly, all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself and is not imputing my trespasses unto me anymore. And now he said, go out and tell the story. The ministry of reconciliation, it's all over you. Go for it. Are you with me? And that's a great story. And so the people he jerked out of the fire now have made firemen. Just all over the devil. Y'all with me? It's a beautiful story. So God loves to empower his kids in the kingdom living. That's the reason why you can have a better life. But if you make life about you, you just enter right back into the carnal mind, the kingdom of darkness. It's not about us. And once you love him, you know that. It's all about him. Because if I can get him to anybody, they'll experience the same thing I'm getting right now. And that's this outpouring of love and life and joy and freedom. And it doesn't matter how much in my bank account. It doesn't matter how many even friends I have. I found out in Jesus I got a lot of friends. Amen. But it doesn't matter about any of that kind of stuff. Because as long as I got him, I'm good. Can, and let me just say this now. Can it be that true? And can you really do what I just said? I'm telling you, you can but you can't do it with the wrong head. You got to hook up and come into agreement with what the Word of God says. And so, again, we became a little dull of hearing, and thank God Jesus has conquered the, the troublemaker. But what was his message? Again, I'm going to ask it again. What was his message? And both on his way to the cross and on his way from the cross, and in resurrected form for 40 days, his message was still the kingdom of God. Okay? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or, or verse 23 of that, Matthew chapter number 24, he said, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. 
And so that's what Jesus did on his way to the cross. What did he do after the cross? Acts chapter number 1, verse number 3, Jesus appeared unto many people that were alive after suffering with many infallible proofs. He proved himself to be alive, seen by them during 40 days, speaking with them pertaining to the kingdom of God. So even in, even in post-resurrection mode, he's still telling them about the kingdom. So you have a better kingdom. And so being able to operate in that now is according to the cues that God gave us. And the word of God is it. The word is what does it for us. It unpacks the whole thing. If you want to know the chief key to inexhaustible truths for breakthrough in your life, just use the word of God. Open the door and confusion goes away. Now, unbelief can make it more difficult, I can tell you. So lack of knowledge is one barrier. It'll keep you in bondage even when you don't want to be. But lack of knowledge will kill you. What you don't know can kill you. Okay? So it's the truth that makes you free. So if the truth is absent, you're bound. You can't help it. Okay? It kind of came with Adam. Welcome to planet Earth. Okay? So number one, lack of knowledge. And so let's not make people wait. Let's just tell them the truth. Let's us. Let us. 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 Not just me. You do it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Gets a little awkward when I start to talk about that. It's like asking the, when the, you go to the dentist and they say, do you floss often? It's a, every time I come here. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of awkward, you know. You all got the assignment, but we don't often do it. Have a great day. There you go. That's all you're getting today. It's so important for us to really grasp the idea that God wants to use us. Could he use somebody like me? Yes. Do you know who I was? You would never disqualify yourself if you knew who I was. Never, ever. The truth made me free. I'm telling you, though, God filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I mean in the fire of the Spirit, God burned up some stuff in my life I didn't have to get over. It burnt. Is this a better kingdom or what? It's awesome. So, so let's, let's get into the weeds on this thing now. You qualify. Say it. It's important to, to know you qualify for this because of what the church is. Now, the Bible says that the church is the fullness of him that fills everything. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 23, the last verse of Ephesians chapter 1. Once you get that, I mean, God's, he's, he, Paul says, I pray for you at, at Ephesus, and I pray that you would get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That revelation would reveal him in a magnificent way, that you would know three things about him and about you. The hope of his calling. What's he want? What's he hoping for out of us? What's the hope of his calling? What did he come for? To redeem your life and to make you new people. Amen. Okay, not just you, all of us. The hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Not in heaven. Well, you got inheritance in, the, in heaven, but it's not talking about that. He said, you need a revelation about what God put in you in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Kingdom resource like you never dreamed. Do you know this? Because so, if you don't know it, 
you'll think you're deficient to the tasks of life. Not knowing that you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I mean, there's so many layers to this. I know it. But you've got to know it because life happens for all of us. And so, and then thirdly, he says, you've got to know what the exceeding greatness of his power toward you that believe. In other words, it's not just God's power. It's God's power toward you. And you need a revelation of it. Three things. He said you've got to have a spirit of revelation to get it. Hope of his calling, inheritance in the saints, exceeding great power usward. And then he describes how that it, it was exalted above demonic forces and everything that's going to give you trouble today, Jesus has already conquered. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. This is all Ephesians 1, okay? Just because I'm quoting it, don't think it didn't come out of your Bible. Just like that. That's what it says. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you has he made alive who used to be dead in your trespasses and sins. So he's talking about the church was the fullness of him that fills all in all. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, and you came out of some raucous places. You ain't always been this polished. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I did take a bath this morning. I'm good. Amen. You he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Listen to this language now. The course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Say, I never listened to no spirit. I just did what I wanted. Right. That's what the spirit of the air says. Do it your way. Make up your own rules. I'm free. No, you're not. You're in bondage to the spirit of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our manner of life. So we all have been there. And what he, he's still talking about the church, the fullness of him that fills all in all, with the threefold revelation about the greatness of God in our lives, his power usward, the inheritance that we've got, the freedom that we have. And now... We remember that we came for some stupid places, being led by stupid spirits, wanting to steal, kill, and destroy everything about our lives. Verse 4, oh yes, but God, come on, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God. Thank God for the but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Even when we were dead, we were coming to life. In other words, your resurrection, you weren't born for another 2,000 years, but your resurrection is paid for. When he got up, Now, faith catches a hold of that reality and says, thank you. Everything becomes real. That's a promise from me? Yes, please. Suddenly, but God happens in your life. Suddenly, 
there's a transformation. There's a power of the Holy Spirit that is released. Suddenly you realize that everything the devil told you about God was a lie. Suddenly you realize God's the best thing that ever happened in my whole life. And suddenly the promises and the realities of being able to walk out this thing not by myself and not my own strength, but by the strength that he provides through the power of one called Holy Spirit who lives on the inside. Come on, I am the temple of God and you are too. Now, it's important for you to know that you don't have to qualify more than what the grace of God has done to do some really cool stuff. Religion tells you you gotta be one of the big five. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And I'm just telling you, you don't. The Great Commission even says you confront devils and they leave. The Bible says believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. So what's the prerequisite for that? According to the text, it's just believe. How many believers do I have in the house? I thought so. I wonder how many of you at home. I got that believing thing going on. Why? Because that's what it takes to take the kingdom of God out of kingdom and faith brings it into your real. Kingdom of God is all there. You're born in the kingdom of God's ratified. The blood of Jesus did it all. Give me a yes. See, that's one of our foundations around here. That God is good. Thank God he's good. The third one, it, the blood of Jesus bought it all. I don't have to wait. Number two is anything's possible. Why? Because the blood of Jesus bought it. And then the fourth value for us is everybody is important. Everyone has significance. Everyone. People that you drive by didn't give a second look. They have significance to God. So why do we need so many people empowered in the kingdom of God, walking by faith and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in moments of spontaneity? And it's because so many of us carry him around. And he's not in there just to take a ride. He's in there to make a difference. And you are the one that is empowered to make this difference, to have a better life because of this better kingdom. And so now we're going to have to get into the weeds a little bit on, on that idea because it's still a choice. Come on, somebody shout, it's a choice. Faith is a choice. Again, beliefs, listen carefully, belief systems are belief systems. They don't become faith until you act on what you believe. I'll say it again. You have a belief system. You believe certain things about God, about yourself. Some of them are scriptural. Some of them came out of your demonically oppressed past. But there's certain things that you believe. It's a belief system. So you say things out of the abundance of your heart, and so I can tell you what you believe by listening to you talk. Okay? So if it's not Jesus coming out of your mouth, who's coming? Where'd it come from? Came out of your history. If you don't get the Word of God in the tank, whatever's in the tank is going to come out. Okay? And so it's important to make a choice. Now, I'm going to gallop through this now. Is that okay? But Romans chapter number 8 is one of the greatest theological chapters in your Bible. And lest that sound like it's an egghead thing, I'm going to explain it to you in a way that it can, you can put blue jeans on it. Is that all right? Okay, I'll do my best. Let's skip through this and we'll, we'll land this plane. 
Romans chapter number eight, verse number one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The, the NIV will leave this out, by the way. It, it'll, it'll say it later in the text, so it's no problem. No, no heretical things going on here. But, but understand, King James, New King James, New, New American Standard, uh, English version, English Standard Version, all of these are going to have this little phrase in here. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Okay? So here's the idea. You can experience negative emotion from negative actions. Yes. In other words, you can do things that violate the, the, the nature, the new nature that you have, the holy nature that God has put on the inside of you. And you can do things in life because the tempter is still out there doing his junk. And if you take his diversion away from truth and away from the plan of God and so forth, yeah, you can do some pretty gnarly stuff. So he says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. If you do walk after the flesh, you're going to feel the heat. How many of you have ever done something you know you shouldn't have done and you felt the heat? Okay, I wondered if I was in the right room there for a second. I thought everybody needed a lying repentance session. Right? Heat. So... Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, that's what grace did. It put a brand new law around you. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and therefore death. For what the law could not do was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He whipped it right on the cross. So if your flesh was your problem, Jesus put his flesh on a cross and nailed it. And pushed grace right into the atmosphere of the kingdom. I'm, it's like, you, you know, I, I don't have my radio. Turn your radio on. Uh, I don't have my radio on, but if I had a radio, I could pick up any station if I turned to the right frequency. Why? Because those waves are bouncing through the room right now. I'm telling you, grace is bouncing through this room right now. What makes you turn to the right frequency is the word of God turns you to the frequency and believing draws it into the noise of your life. Come on, somebody. Does that help? So faith is the key here. You have a choice to make. And if, you're, and if you allow yourself foolishly to allow some demonic gossip to happen in your ears and interpret life for you, you can't, make, except, you can't expect to make the right choice when you get into the intersection of temptation. Or of believing whether or not you can get healed from something or whether or not you're supposed to get a divorce or fight for your home. There's all kinds, listen, there's all kinds of soap operas out there playing out. And they're filled with goop, an unrighteous junk. It's still the rhetoric of the enemy trying to draw you into agreement with the darkness. And so you have a choice. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Do I need to mention the different sources of fleshy talk that speak into your life on a regular basis? And some of them you choose. You open the app and there it is. I'm trying to help. 
Say, Pastor, you just got annoying. I'm sorry. Just preach about somebody else. I want all the devils I've got. Leave them alone. Sad but true. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, let me explain. Spiritually minded doesn't mean that you act goofy and weird and kind of spacey. Like you're seeing things that no one else is seeing. What's up with you? I'm in the spirit. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You will run people away from the kingdom by being stupid and weird. Are you with me? It's good preaching, Pastor Pat. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many people have I prayed for over the years? And they come up and they say, I need need life and peace in my life. Pray for me. I say, well, what are you doing with your thought life? Because I can't pray a carnal mind off of you. But if you have a spiritual mind, you're guaranteed life and peace. Come on, how many of you think that's a really good choice? How many of you want life and peace? There's the answer. Come on. So he says, to be carnally minded is enmity against God. Verse number seven, to be carnally minded is, it makes you, makes, it, the carnal mind is an enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God or the, the, in other words, you've shut yourself off, you've moved back into the dullness of humanity because of sin, and because of that, you're just tanking out in so many areas of your life because you're not here in the Spirit of God. He said, don't do that, and you said, I'm going to do it whether you like it or not, and suddenly the voice started getting quieter in your life. And all of a sudden now, it's gotten to a place where you're twisting what you call truth to fit your scenario. And calling it grace. And that's happening everywhere. It's just because you just didn't yield when you were supposed to yield to the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to give you life and life abundantly. It just doesn't come on your terms. Come on, I really am trying to help you. I didn't plan on preaching any of this. God gave me this this morning, so blame him. Or blame Paul right out of the book of Romans. Amen. Because this is where it's coming from. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Last little verse, verse number 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also make alive your mortal, not your eternal body, your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. So what are we going to do with this? Again, I, when I'm teaching, you, you understand, I have folks that have never been to church before that are here, and I have people that have been in church for 50 years here. And trying to make all of this relevant to everybody in the room is a bit of a task. And so I, let, let me just put it right down in the grassroots of our life. If you want victory in your life, you're going to have to access the kingdom of God because that's the only place victory comes from. You do have an enemy against your life, and I don't have time to go to Ephesians 6, but there's a spiritual warfare that happens around your life every single day. Like it or not, it is the atmosphere you're in. And there's going to be 
times when you're going to have to be able to shut off the voice of those things because they come voluntarily. Certain movies are going to do nothing but put fear in you in bondage or lust in your life. So you're just, it's just going to fill your life with lust. And then you're going to try to, after, quote, amusing yourself with that. You know what the word amusement means? Muse means think. Put an A on the front of it, it becomes a negative. It means no think. What's going on at home? I don't know and I don't care. Hey. And so we work hard and now we think we need rest. And so I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go watch Sinner's Sin. Really? How brilliant is that? In your weakened physical state and mental exhaustion, you're going to go feed your life on a bunch of R-rated movies? Seriously? It's like opening the door and inviting the devil into your house. I'm trying to help. But so, listen, I told you we, we're going to get in the weeds on this thing because this is where you have to live and so many around us invite disaster into their life and they don't even think they're doing it because everybody's doing it. Yeah, but there's a whole handful going to hell. Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to life and godliness and few there be that find it. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. God offers us a better life. My question to you today after just having an opportunity to talk to you What's your choice? Amen. Steal, kill, and destroy? Or life and life abundantly? Amen. They don't meet in the middle. Amen. They're your choice. Amen. Bow your heads with me. And those of you online, I love you today. And I want you to experience the, really the, the victory that Jesus has for you. And so... So how do you do it? Doing the Word is how you do it. In a moment, we're going to dismiss this service, and you're going to go about your day. A real quality decision needs to be made right now before any other decision is made. Who is the Lord of your life? Today, if you're in the room, you've never even known that you're supposed to ask Jesus to be the Lord of who you are and actually invite Him in to the territory of your own soul and surrender to Him. If no one ever told you that, that's the deal. That's how He comes. That's how He becomes the Lord of your life. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'd love to have you to pray with me, and I will pray with you, and the request is going to be that Jesus Christ would come, be the Lord of who you are, take the stony heart out of your heart and get, make you a brand new person on the inside, and then begin a life's journey with you that's never going to quit, not ever, ever, ever. And so in a moment, we're going to pray for that. In the process, Jesus forgives you of every sin you ever committed, and he brings you into the family of God. You live with the embrace and the kiss of God upon your life. And he helps to teach us, and he helps to lead us, and he, he helps to shepherd us right through life. And he does it in community, and he does it individually. Amen. And so in a moment, we're going to pray, and that's the, that's the prayer. That's what we're praying about. Maybe some of you have gotten away from God and you've allowed carnality to take over your life, not realizing that carnal thoughts are enemies of God. And so today can be that day that we all kind of 
recalibrate ourselves right to the center bullseye of God's truth and really love him and allow him to love us and to experience the victory that Jesus so painfully purchased for us. And today receive Holy Spirit who today will change every situation with power from on high. And so in a moment I'm going to pray. And before I pray, I'm not inviting you forward, but I am inviting you to pray. And if you're in the room today, you say, Pastor Pat, I need Jesus in my life. Don't leave me out of that prayer. Pray for me. If that's you, raise your hand right now. That's me, Pastor. I need God in my life. God bless you. One, two, yes, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Throw your hand in the air if you haven't already done it. You can put your hands down. Thank you, those of you. I saw you, 13 back there. God bless you. Those of you online, you can hit that button. It just says raise the hand. And you can raise your hand and saying, Pastor Pat, I need Jesus in my life. And it'll send you information. It's vital that you touch that just so that we can get follow-up information to you immediately. But, but let's pray right now. Pray this prayer with me. Everybody, right out loud and together. Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe in you. You came for me. Died in my place upon that rugged cross. You rose from the dead. And when you got up, I came up with you. I receive you today to be the Lord of who I am. I repent for all my sin. And I know I'll never be the same. Teach me what this means, and I'll praise you forever. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Those of you online, we rejoice with you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.